Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. out in the holy land land grant holy lands video podcast back at you for a third episode of our second season ohio state 1-0 on the season after beating buffalo 40-20 to in unspectacular fashion but the attention turns quickly to san diego state a team that lost in even less uh, or more grandiose fashion i don't know to eastern illinois of the fcs ranks who is approximately the 23rd best team in the country going into defeating the Mountain West's Aztecs. Uh, Rocky Long, uh, head coach of San Diego State, late of New Mexico, was a former nemesis of Urban Meyer at Utah. Beat him his first year there, and his 3-3-5 swarming stack caused plenty of fits for uh, the Utes under Urban Meyer. You know, did they have the talent to, to keep pace with Ohio State? Probably not. Nonetheless, it's still an opponent that I think a lot of people had circled as a potential trap game going into the season. Uh, joined by Matt Brown and Ian Cuevas, I'll go ahead and, uh, and let you guys uh, weigh in. What's... Uh, What's your sentiment going into San Diego State? Before we get to the specifics of kind of the roster dynamics and just the different things we know about uh, Ohio State's team this week, heading into a uh, an afternoon game against the Aztecs, what's sort of your sentiment going into this one? You know, I before the season, I, I, I thought that certainly San Diego State was a team that was uh, certainly going to be at the very least competent, you know, somewhere between that, that seven to nine win range playing in kind of a, a, a stronger Mountain West conference this season. But after looking over how they did in their, in the, their first game and com- comparing that to where we knew the weaknesses were going to be with this team beforehand, I think this is going to be a really bad matchup. Um, anytime that you go and you have to throw 25 times more a game than you'd like to in your game plan, anytime when you're your best offensive player and, and really the guy that San Diego State needs to be operating at 100% because they're going to have to slow this game down and take uh, and run up to their time of possession to keep the ball away from Ohio State. If Adam Ruba is not 100% ready to go. And then most importantly, their line, which was really failed to get any kind of push, any kind of physical leverage against a not very big Eastern Illinois squad. If they're if they're, if they're going to be losing the, the battle here at the point of attack, that line of scrimmage, it doesn't bode well at all for Ohio State and the, the big advantages they're going to have there. The Aztecs are a little bit young in their secondary and got completely torched 
So I'm, I'm not really seeing what position group they're going to be able to have to, to match up really well with um, and, and, and how they'll be able to hang with Ohio State unless the Buckeyes completely implode. Yeah, I, um, I I pretty much agree with uh, your sentiments there, Matt. Um, I don't I don't think San Diego State's going to be able to keep up with Ohio State. Um, I'm expecting a, a much improved group. Um, obviously, getting some uh, some help back on defense with uh, Roby and possibly Barnett. Um, I, I think overall we'll we'll be much improved from week one to week two, and I, that's really what I want to see out of this group. Um, just continual prog- like progress each week. So I guess Urban Meyer said at the press uh, gathering this evening at, at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center that uh, Barnett will definitely play. As for Roby, you know, the the big faux will he or won't he start nonsense uh, is still nebulous. He claims he'll make his decision tomorrow and that while Roby has practiced well, he has still as of yet not earned that starting spot back from Armani Reeves. Now, that Meyer, doesn't, does it matter that much? I mean, like, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine even if he's not starting that he's not going to play the majority of the snaps. I mean, I guess I can see Urban like keeping him out the first series as some kind of like motivational tactic, but it's not like he's not going to play. Well, I think one of the things you have to keep in mind is that Reeves didn't play particularly well, though. Meyer has been incredibly diplomatic of both Reeves and Taylor Decker, who he's kind of had his cake and eaten it too. He said, I think tonight specifically. Uh, something to the effect of, like, Decker played okay, he didn't play bad, but we need more from right tackle. Like, <laughs> I mean, you can't have it both ways. Either he didn't play well, and that's why you're going to have to possibly rotate a guy like Pat Elfline in, or he did. Uh, and, I, you know, Decker was atrocious. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, that, that's a tough matchup for him, um, having, to, having to try to, to check Mac a, a lot during that game for your first collegiate start. But certainly, that if you know, there's not a whole lot of, of really weak position spots right now, I think, on offense. But that's certainly something that we're going to have to watch, especially since injuries uh, have have hurt the offensive line depth just in general. So if he's kind of ineffective and, you know, if Chase Ferris or somebody else goes down, then, like I, I know that you alluded to this earlier, then then the offensive line is a unit could potentially be. Well, with Ferris already switched back to the D-line, I mean, that's oh, something uh, yeah. that makes them even yeah. better. But, I mean, if you have somebody, if any starter goes down, especially on the left side, I think Ohio State's in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah. You know, I think that I still the hydration thing. I think uh, I saw a talking point from Curtis Grant this evening from the same media session that, that Meyer was at, and when she said something to the effect of every player's body responds differently to hydration. Well, if like <laughs> you know half of the skill position guys or like seemingly every big name on both sides of the ball are going down with cramps, it's it's more than just everyone's body responding differently. <laughs> everyone's um, body is responding wrong. That's <laughs> that's the problem. Ian, you're a former high school football player. Tell us, did you ever run into any cramps as bad as what we saw in the first, uh, really, first game of Ohio State? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but I think when it happened to me, um, it usually happened in my calf, and you see that a lot in college sports. Um, and when it happened, I knew that it was because I wasn't getting enough water, and that's the, the only way to really prevent that is um, to just drink and hydrate yourself before the games, like Lead, that week leading up to the game, you just want to keep consistently drink water, like drink water. And I, I didn't realize that until it was too late. And um, just drinking water during the game isn't enough to prevent cramps. So I think that's definitely just a matter of taking care of your body. Yeah. Well, lacrosse is not football. Yeah. I think we were always coached to start drinking 48 to 72 hours in advance. 
Um, and there's like the empty bottle military drill. Having a, a coach that's ex-military makes it a lot of fun. Thanks, Naval Academy lacrosse team. Uh, I digress. <laughs> uh, from from my having to drink too much water in high school and, and cut down on soda and coffee and whatnot. Uh, Urban Meyer also said that Rod Smith, who's coming off suspension and missed the Buffalo game, had earned a spot on special teams, but indicated that Jordan Hall will still start at tailback. Are you guys surprised at all by just the volume of, of Hall's touches in game one, or is that just something that out of necessity? Uh, I know he's practiced well, supposedly, as well. I was I was impressed with uh, Hall's performance. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was very surprised with the amount of uh, snaps he got, but I was surprised that it wasn't spread around more at the end of the game, towards the end of the game. Um, I know we saw a little bit of uh, Warren Ball, but I don't think we saw any of Briante Dunn. Um, and I'd like to see Dontre Wilson a little bit more in the uh, running back position. The bad news there is that Wilson apparently has been only meeting with the wide receivers this week. So either they're playing it close to the vest and he, he'll get some hand, hand, handoffs, hand backs. We'll get some handoffs out oh. of the backfield. Well, you know, it's in the backfield and he's getting the ball handed off to him. Uh, or, you know, we won't. And we'll just see him have to play out of the slot or like some kind of H-back type role. I mean, I, I agree with you. I want to see what he can do. Putting the ball in his hand, he's electric. I know he had that rotten fumble, and Meyer made it very clear at his press conference that if he fumbles again, he won't play. Uh, but, yeah, I think some of the, the did-not plays was – surprising uh you know certainly we saw you know Dunn really not get an impact or not even play in the game uh and, and warren ball played but had minimal impact i think uh, he did what two snaps something some, like that very very limited and i think yeah. that's probably by design uh they're making these guys earn their dues but at the same time you know maybe it was just the nature of that game being so close or relatively close i should say i kind of thought we would see just like a loose almost like nfl preseason type where like everybody got touches but that didn't prove to be the case that's what we've seen in the past uh, I mean, I, I know I, Marcus Hall, I think, said this evening that, in a sense, the Ohio State team did take Buffalo lightly because it was the first game and they've learned from it and they won't repeat it. I mean, it, it actually is really disheartening to hear a team that was preseason number two talk about taking an opponent lightly uh, in the season opener. But here we are. I mean, I think the one thing that kind of concerns me is that it seems almost like though Ohio State, the game was closer than maybe it should have been or with closer than the experts predicted. Uh, you know, I think the fans are still kind of already getting complacent, which is a weird thing. I mean, I don't want it to – it'd be insane to think that it trickles up or anything like that. But, I mean, I, we've – it just seems like this week that the Ohio State fans are the 24-point favorites. I think is what the line opened at. It's at 28 right now. You were just talking, Matt, about how you don't think the San Diego State matches up well. Do you think the complacency could be an issue? Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to hope not after, after the, the job that we saw from the coaching staff last year and, and the, the huge expectations that are on this team. And I think the internal competition, because for so many of these players, if they're complacent, if they're not producing, there's somebody else, you know, maybe a little bit younger and just as hungry on the depth chart right behind them who'd be happy to take their spot. Um, if we have, if we see another performance with the last that wins by like 13, and it's still like you know, it's still like an eight-point game or something with you know 17 minutes left to go in the game. Then I think I might get a little bit more worried. Worried, especially since I think Cal, the the, the next game on the schedule. Since I'm a fan, I'm allowed to look ahead. Is 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 legitimately able to beat them if Ohio State comes and gives a B-minus effort. I'm I'm optimistic that that's not going to be the case. I mean, Ohio State may not necessarily cover, but I don't think it'll be because of of effort or because of mental toughness. Ian, what's uh, what would you consider to be like a worst case scenario? What if we see in the early goings is going to have you worried on Saturday? Um, I think if the defense comes out short again, I'd be very concerned because you know, as we said before, we're getting Roby and Barnett back. Um, I, if they play the same way against Buff, like they 
did against Buffalo, uh, I think that could be a major concern and could probably potentially end end up ruining their season uh, down the uh, the end of the run. Um, offensively, I I think I'd like to see surprisingly a little bit more of Miller running. A lot of times um, there were some opportunities to take off and run, easily could have gotten the first down, but I know that they've taken uh, steps to control his running, and they said that they only ran one design run for him. So, Yeah, what did you think about the uh, Khalil Mack interception on the design no-look pass? Like, that just, that play struck me as, like, the worst kind of gimmick, where I don't, Miller... I don't think, I, I don't think that the phrase design no-look pass should be, like, I don't understand why that should, like, that's, that's basketball. Like, I, don't, I don't understand why, like, that's <laughs> where that becomes an effective strategic decision. I, 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 I'm not, I'm like, I'm not mad about it, but... Hypothetically, Jack Mewhort was supposed to keep Mack in check and failed to do so, and Miller had no way, obviously, of stopping in full motion. I mean, I guess maybe he could have tried to throw the ball straight down or something, but uh, that was certainly, I mean, I guess it's something that was the worst part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than the, uh, you know, the gift Buffalo got that could have ultimately resulted in, in the game being like a three-point affair, that uh, there were some interesting the penalty flag. calls. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. definitely bailed. Bailed Ohio State out to a, a large extent, and uh, you know, Meyer is saying publicly all the right things, but kind of part of me hopes that he's tearing these dudes apart for just uh, what was. <laughs> this is like the most fan-sounding thing ever, but it just it. Yeah, I, I know everyone is attributing it to the dehydration, but you know, then tear the, the trainers apart. I just don't understand how an opener for a team with these kind of expectations can happen. I know Meyer against Miami, Ohio, and. Either a second to last year or last year, had a similarly lackluster, way worse actually. Nearly lost to Miami, Ohio. Um, but it's yeah. just after, especially the opener last year, which which Ohio State just looked on. It's I don't know. I, I think the well, well, folks, well, 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 well. I mean, they looked on probably the last two and a half quarters. Ohio, State, which is still considerably yeah. better than looking on for the first eight minutes and then never again. That's true. Like Ohio State was lucky to not be losing to Miami of Ohio like ten to nothing last last year before they they. You know, put, turn on the game genie and then you know, wipe the floor with them and got the last 50 points. They look they look pretty crappy in the beginning too. Yeah, I mean they started slow. I'll I'll take a, a slow start that is followed by three quarters of just you know rubbing it in, and the the other way around is as seen uh, prone for all kind of chicken littleism. No, I don't think there's any room to worry yet. Uh, Ohio State is more than three score favorites. Um, Ian, what's like if you're a San Diego State fan? This is flipping the question from before. That's what we do here on this podcast. Uh, if you're a San Diego State fan, what if you see is is going to have you, you know, sweating it? Like early two point conversions, or like what's the nightmare fuel from the opposing fan point perspective? Uh, I mean, it, honestly, I'm surprised Ohio State didn't run run away with it um, in the first quarter of last game. So if they come out and have the same exact quarter and then continue upon that like they were supposed to. I mean that that's the worst case scenario for me. I would I wouldn't want that at all. I'd want my team to look at least a little bit decent, kind of like Buffalo did. Buffalo had a great game. I mean, I Meyer give plenty of credit to Jeff Quinn's bunch, and I think the uh, man poor Buffalo. Their their next stop is Baylor. I think at Baylor. So they <laughs> their reward all for the playing, points. Yeah, their reward for playing Ohio State tough is to have to play. Um, you know, a, a different, but certainly a, an equally potentially frustrating offensive system. Uh, their defense, I mean, maybe maybe they'll be able to keep it interesting. We'll have to maybe, maybe highlight that one to, to, to look back on. Um, I'm, I'm still surprised. Um, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit uh, on that Mac interception. Um, 
Dontre Wilson and Braxton Miller couldn't catch him. I mean, they were yeah. right there. They, they couldn't touch him. I kind of was shocked about that. Yeah, I think anybody who watched that game, I mean, Mac leads the country in sacks after one week with two and a half, I believe, and small sample size, et cetera. But, like, I think just about anyone that watched that, and that's like you could just basically make that his pro tape, just that game. I mean, that dude was everywhere. Um, Ohio State's offensive line looked powerless to stop him, which I don't – we were talking about this all week. This is the one guy you have to key in on, and then it played out, you know, as almost as poorly as you could imagine. That's – yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll have to certainly see. We – all the jokes about firing Luke Fickle, off, probably from offense to defense aside, um, there certainly has to, you know, Ed Warner got so much praise last year. And then after one game, I mean, that was certainly the worst showing by Ed Warner offensive line in my books. What was it, four and a half sacks allowed? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, that, 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 wasn't the, that, that wasn't the best. Effort. I, I don't know. Like, I just – I. I, I I just can't get it like in me to, to to really panic that much yet. Like I, when Ohio State gave up like what like less than 250 total yards. They did they did a good job stopping a pretty good running back. And Buffalo wanted Buffalo's offensive attack depends on I think it's Brandon Oliver being able to to do well. And he was buttoned up for most of that game. Um, you're I mean you, you have if you know, a first round draft pick on the other side going kind of completely ham. If that doesn't, I mean, if that doesn't happen, if you replace him just like an above-average Mac linebacker, or if he like you know misses the pick six, it's it's different in a lot of ways. Like it's not, I mean, it wasn't, it was not like ideal, but I, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not, I, I, I kind of want to be conservative about the, the the conclusions I'm drawing from that until I see a little bit more because I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad. No, and I think that you know, while maybe schematically the the three down linemen, or like I know that Buffalo plays more of you know. They're different but similar defenses, if that makes any sense, certainly. And schematically, I think that they're going to probably be potentially somewhat frustrating as well. But I think that, yeah, I mean, this is – I think uh, Chris broke down the Buffalo D and – or not Buffalo, pardon, the SDSU D. And and certainly we saw that um, they were against BYU's offense, which this is not going to be. So uh, I don't know that, you know, the most optimistic – getting some interesting (laughs) feedback there. From somebody. Oh, I, I listen. I, I could, I could take up the next hour of this podcast complaining about BYU's offense. Like it's, a, it, it's enough between that, between that San Diego State game and what I saw for Virginia is enough for me to like to not like football anymore. It was, it's, it's, it's a teeth bulldog esque. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that you know, the, San Diego State just doesn't have the same caliber. There's no Mac on San Diego State's defense that I'm aware of. Um, certainly, you know, as as we get closer to game time, we may be more aware of the different weapons that they have. Um, but, you know, I think that this is a matchup that, that should vote favorably for Ohio State. Um, any thoughts, like any predictions on, on kind of how this one plays out? Like, I think we all said that we we're pretty confident that Ohio State returns to form. But putting you guys on the spot, what's what's your prediction for this game? I think Ohio State's going to jump on them very quickly. Um, so much what we saw in the Buffalo game, you know, a, a, a two-score to a you know, 17-point, 20-point lead early. And that's going to force San Diego State to do exactly what they, don't, what they really cannot afford to do, and that's throw the football a lot. Um, their, their quarterback threw over 60 times uh, in the last game. I think 31 of those pass attempts came in the fourth quarter, and his career high before that was like in the high 20s. And this is, this is not an offense that's built to really play, to try to catch up from a big deficit. And if they have to throw the ball out, they're going to be really inefficient. There's going to be a lot of three and outs. There's going to be some interceptions. Their wide receivers don't do a very good job of separating themselves. 
um, from defensive backs. And so if Ohio State can get out there and land a really early solid punch, I think that this could very easily become a complete blowout because San Diego State's not equipped to, uh, to catch up with them. I, I think Ohio State should win this game by about five touchdowns. Wow. Bold flavors. Ian? Bold, bold flavors. Uh, I have to pretty much agree with that. Um, I'll go with like a 41-10 to 10 type of deal. I think SDSU will probably put up a score and maybe a field goal. Um, for the most part, I expect this team to be a lot a lot better than we saw them in week one against Buffalo. Um, I think Braxton Miller's going to run a little bit more this week, too. Um, I think we'll see Jordan Hall do solid. I don't think we'll see him do as well as he did against Buffalo. Nothing against him. I just don't think that we'll have to rely on him as much, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not going to be as optimistic or, you know, Pollyannish maybe as five touchdowns, but I will say like 37 or 34 to seven, something like that. Like some kind of like four touchdowns, a couple field goals, give up a touchdown. Um, I'm, I don't, I, I could still see like maybe the flip side of last week is maybe a part of an overcompensation is that they might start slow, but then finish. So it might be like, seven seven or seven nothing after one and then the second quarter kind of starts to get some momentum and then third quarter on on it's just ridiculous but um <laughs> all kinds of technical difficulties in this episode it's you know yeah. it's the, that's what we get for doing it live as we said in the in the pre-show planning uh nonetheless i think you know gotta feel better going into this one it is uh kind of the, the calm before the storm before we get cal uh i think that that's you know obviously much better speed, much better athletes uh, system that Ohio State hasn't faced too terribly often uh, in kind of an advanced air raid, but we'll see what happens. The bear raid. raid. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. (laughs) Joining me, Ian Cuevas, Matt Brown, I'm Luke Zimmerman. Hang out in the Holy Land, Lingering Holy Land's podcast, audio, video, full 90 yards. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. (laughs) Go Bucks.